Welcome to Please Bet on Football Games. Hello and welcome to week 12 of the Please Bet on Football Games podcast. I am your host, Alex, here with the on-air talent, Joe. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. For once, I actually like the card, and last week we we churned out a pretty good week despite a really lousy card. Did we have a winning week? We had a winning week. Um, I... I had to check. I had us down as a winning week. I went and looked at lines again. For a moment, I didn't think we had a winning week. I'm still a little bit in disbelief. So what happened is we, so we record the pod on Tuesdays so we can get you guys this shit as early as possible. When we recorded, the bills were minus eight and a half because the game was in Buffalo. That got canceled because the game was moved. No matter what sports book you bet at, if you had bet minus eight and a half, they canceled the bet and moved it down to minus seven and a half. So it's literally impossible to have bet bills minus eight and a half that line never existed unless you did like an alt line in which case you're an idiot the only bet we could have made is bills minus seven and a half that's the worst value we could have got and that cashed sounds good so winning week three and two yeah plus the please bet on football games teaser hit it did by the skin of our teeth (laughs) i was about to say we can act like we knew exactly how those games were going to turn out when we just we need a win in the eagles game and that's it we tease down to a win we're good to go because they, they barely pulled. They, honestly, they shouldn't have. No, they shouldn't have, but they did, and thank God they did. The Eagles are a falling star, but we'll get into that a little later. Do you want to go through each game? Sure. Let's do the bullshit report. First up, Thursday night finally turned out well for us. Woo! Tennessee, we had plus three and a half. They won outright. Legit or bullshit? Oh, so legit. It was utter domination. Like Aaron Rodgers looks so... B- it, he looks like he's point shaving. There's no other way to explain how fucking awful he's been. I don't know if he just like got complacent and started to believe all the stuff that the media has been saying about him, where he went into kind of like that other level in the last few years. He won the back-to-back MVPs and then had all the COVID stuff that everyone just talked about him nonstop about. And I don't know, maybe his head got too big, he got distracted, or he just doesn't know what to do without absolutely elite receivers. But you're right, he's looked lost pretty much this entire year. I think if you ask most Packer fans, they would say that he's been very disappointing. And that defense hasn't been great, but he's a big reason why they're losing a lot of games, more than they yeah, the the defense sucking really hurts because, well, not hurts. Personally, I'd love to see the Packers be the worst team in the NFL every year. But the defense sucking hurts the Packers because we thought it was going to be awesome. They just don't have a second pitch. They play their smoke fog zone coverage and then they don't do anything else they don't blitz effectively they don't play man despite having really good man corners they don't disguise things particularly well they have no pass rush now that Rashawn Gary's hurt it's the Packers are bad and I don't see a ton of hope for it to get a lot better. If you can stop the run, you beat the pack. It's just that simple. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, they're they're not a good football team right now. And the Titans, on the other hand, are doing what I feel like they do almost every year, which is quietly be a pretty good football team. Tannehill is playing really well again. That he was he was accurate on ninety one percent of passes in that. Game. That's insane. Yeah, like everybody's gonna remember the really really bad interception where he just didn't see the linebacker and drove it right into the linebacker's hands, but. 
but, or maybe it was a safety, I don't know, whoever it was, they were in the drop hook zone, but he still managed an A-plus game without a doubt. Yeah, he looked really good. Again, they kind of dominated, so it wasn't, they never felt like this is real adversity in this game that he's got to fight through, but I think it also speaks to how well he played and that there wasn't really any adversity because they just kept chugging along. Mm-hmm. They were in control the whole time. I think we can move on from this one, though. Definitely legit. Titans looking good. Packers looking bad. Next up, we had Philly minus six and a half. Already kind of talked about it. Did not hit. Philly barely ended up winning. Legit or bullshit? Legit. I think that Philadelphia is a falling star. I think that they're, now listen, they're better than these teams, but they're doing something akin to the Arizona Cardinals last year and the Steelers the year before. Or was it two years before? The Steelers, yeah, it was two years ago. The Steelers were 11-0 and or three years ago. It was 2020. It was when I lived, I thought it was when I lived in Boston. Regardless, doesn't matter. The Steelers were 11-0 and a few years ago and they suck. You know what, you're right, because that was the birthday that I spent in San Francisco. Because when... it was the year that the Browns beat them in the playoffs. Exactly, it? exactly. Yeah, and... I remember that. That one, that one year, the one, the one Browns playoff win. The one time that being a Browns fan literally ever paid off for you, and we can say that because you no longer are. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless, two years ago, Steelers were eleven and zero, and then they ended up kind of fading to the end of the season, and then getting their asses fucked with a spiny catcock in the playoffs. Last year, almost exact same thing happened to the seven and zero Arizona Cardinals. Now, Philadelphia doesn't really play anybody, but I think that they are going to have a much harder time with the second half of their schedule than they did the first half simply because I think that they have been figured out. We watched that game with the bird watcher and when the bird watcher was watching the birds, you understand his name now, he made one really good point that I don't even think he intended to... He made one good small point that actually made a much bigger point, which is that he notices that every time Jalen Hurts runs the ball, he runs to the outside, he does this little fake where he's going to cut to the end, and then he cuts it directly back up to the center of the field, and it was working really well at the beginning of the year, but teams have kind of figured it out, and now it doesn't work at all, and he can't really create after contact because of it. Do you think he might be able to mix in a little uh, fake like he's going to the inside? And cut to the outside? Maybe, but that's not even really the point because Jalen Hurts' open field jukes, that's not moving the needle on a macro enough scale for us to bet on, right? What it did tip me off to is that the Eagles basically their entire offense is like three play. If they're playing against man coverage, they run a curl or a slant. If they're playing against zone coverage, they get a little bit more creative and they try to run some crossers and overs that violate voids in the zone. Violate was a really aggressive word choice there. Um, Just a little bit. Regardless, teams are kind of figuring out like, oh, it's, it's man, they're gonna run a curl and they're biting on those curls. Jalen Hurts doesn't have the zip to overwhelm that coverage and his receivers, while good, aren't like six foot... Like, you could throw a curl to Alshon Jeffrey when everybody knows it's a curl because you could just throw it 10 feet in the air and he's the only one who can get it. A.J. Brown is dope, but he's not that vertical. He's not... He's vertical. He's really vertical. He's not that vertical. So it's a little different. And now without Goddard at tight end, it's really limited what they do versus man coverage. And they just... They run such a simple off that people are starting to catch up. And then on, on defense, on the back end, people have realized you can just you can just fucking run on these Eagles, especially without Jordan Davis. And there are, there are apparently ways to attack Darius Slay that we didn't see before. So I just, I think they're getting figured out a little bit. I think that teams with strong running games will take them to task. This is a really long-winded way of saying I'm low on the Eagle. 
I, yeah, I don't entirely disagree with you. I don't think they're necessarily getting figured out as much as I think they're struggling because no Goddard really hurts the offense. I agree with you. And they can't stop the run right now. I'll be interested to see what happens as Sue and Linval Joseph get more into it. Because Linval Joseph actually didn't look bad last week. I thought he was completely washed and he made some plays. So maybe that helps him out and can kind of stem the issues. I do agree that being kind of the the top of the league or at least the top of the NFC like they have been this whole year, people pay attention to them. So they're working harder to figure out what they're doing and figure out how to take them down. I think when it comes to it, though, there just aren't that many good teams. Yeah, which that's is the rare. big problem. Like they can get figured out a little bit or Jalen can turn into a little bit more of like he has to just game manage. And they'll still be okay because... They have a really good team outside of, you know, quarterback. Yeah, really, quarterback and middle five is just, those are their only weaknesses. Now, they're glaring weaknesses and they're important weaknesses. Yeah, so I don't think they're as good as people think they are right now. And I agree that they're starting to fall off of that peak. Yeah. Because people are paying attention to him and the injuries, but they're still a good team, one of the best in the league by virtue of the league's bet. But we have spent way too much time on this game. Yeah, totally. Uh, let's move on to the next one. A nice little win. We had Buffalo minus seven and a half. Yep. I, this, honestly, this game, Buffalo should have won by about 20. It was never close. Yeah, I personally bet on this one as soon as the Browns scored to start the game because then I got it at three and a half because I knew that the Browns might come out with a good opening script. Stefanski is really good at scheming the beginning of a game. And then they kind of fall apart. And especially with that defense, that they just stop caring as soon as things get hard. You're right, it shouldn't have been even as close as it was. The Browns have, they've given up. We talked about it last week. You can watch that defense play. And there are a handful of guys that run hard on every play, but pretty much the entire secondary and the entire D-line, they they take off plays all the time. And they're plays that turn into like big gains or first downs or other eventful things that it's because the Browns aren't trying. Do you think that they can rebound and try again, or do you think that they're just fucking dumb? I don't think anything will change as long as Joe Woods is there, because I I don't think anyone believes in him anymore and they have no reason to try and change or get back into it when he's there. So you think it's mostly disillusionment with Joe Woods rather than disillusionment with the entire team in the entire season? I think it may be both, but it's definitely a problem with Joe Woods and you can't figure it out unless you get him out of there. So like hypothetically, if the Browns fired Joe Woods after this week's game, so you know, this time next week, they fire Joe Woods. They bring in whoever is popular in the locker room to be the defensive coordinator. You think that they would rebound? I think that they would play better. I think there are certain issues that coaching can't fix on that defense in yeah. terms of their defensive tackles are terrible. Yeah. And they aren't good in the linebacker room. And since the D tackles are that bad, the linebackers have to cover a lot for them, which they can't do because they're also not good. Yep. But I think the the issue of playing a lot of soft zone and having Greg Newsom play slot corner, <laughs> those are specifically Joe Woods issues. And I think we talked about it on the pod last week of coaches and players want to play a more aggressive man defense and get after the quarterback more. Joe Woods refuses to do 
it. He swears by the kind of like off coverage cover three system and they don't want to do it. The players, the other coaches don't want to do it. They're not, they have no reason to change. It's not what they want to do. It's not what they're good at right now. If they get rid of him, maybe they do. There's at least going to be the bump in attitude because they get their voices heard. Okay. Next game on the bullshit report. Yeah, absolutely. We are, we are dragging ass on this bullshit report, but we're having fun. I think it's good information. Thank you. Next up, we had Las Vegas money line. That one, nice and easy, no sweat whatsoever. Like, Raiders all the way. I've right? ne- I've never sweat an overtime game less. It, it actually didn't feel bad. Like we watched this game together and made a joke about, oh yeah, just when you think Russ can't go any lower, he does. When the Broncos were winning and looked good, and you were like, don't don't worry about it. <laughs> and then as soon as the uh, Raiders pulled it off, you looked at me and went, what did I say? <laughs> As soon as you think Russ has hit the bottom, check yourself, because he hasn't. There is a new bottom. It's just around the corner. Uh, Yeah, no, I think this game is exactly... If if we had Raiders minus three and a half, you could say some bullshit. But we had Raiders money line, and... And most people probably had Raiders plus three. So, yeah, get fucked. Broncos just suck. It doesn't matter who's calling plays. It doesn't matter who the offensive linemen are. It doesn't matter who the receivers are. Nate Hack is a decent coach. Their play calling has been pretty good this year. They have really good receivers. Their offensive line is good enough. Russell Wilson is the problem. And he's not going anywhere. No, he's there for so long. He's there until my children are in preschool with all likelihood. I don't have any children. Is there six more years? Yeah, I was going to ask. It's not a rare situation that a team signs someone and then like that same season they're already regretting it but i'm trying to think of the last time that there was a guy that was this high profile well it would have to be a quarterback yeah i mean i'm thinking even other sports like baseball or basketball where there is you know a huge trade to get him there and then they give him a six-year deal Kyrie, ben, ben simmons but i don't even know because those those deals weren't they didn't even give him that long of contracts russell westbrook james harden basketball has a lot of bullshit they do but even the guys you're talking about i mean westbrook now is is bad but they like they were good on their contracts initially but like see see, this is the thing there it's one thing to be not very good but put up big stats like i don't know shit about basketball but one could argue theoretically that russell westbrook when he was like winning mvps and getting double doubles one could argue that they were hurting his team in the aggregate right but he was putting up big stats russell wilson's not putting up stats he's not putting up advanced stats he's not putting up raw stats he's not doing shit he has half as many touchdown passes as he does bathrooms credit to the guy who charts how many court passer credit to the guy who charts how many passing touchdowns russell wilson has versus bathrooms every week the accounting is meticulous it's very fun because you can see that there's no light left in this man's life i can't wait until browns fans mirror his enthusiasm because deshaun watson i think browns fans will be quicker to accept it because they're used to this no see what you don't understand is that they've sold their soul you know that is that is a an interesting variable when, to consider. When you stop talking to all of your friends because your new girlfriend says so, she starts hitting you, you don't leave because you are too far in. You have nothing to go back to. It's not even the sunk cost fallacy. It's like the, it's the river Rubicon. 
You've already crossed. There's no coming back. It's Anakin Skywalker after he kills fucking Padme. Sure, he probably realizes he didn't want to be a Sith, but it's too late because you just killed all the younglings. I, I am in awe of that train that we just started with domestic violence and girl ended... on guy domestic violence. <laughs> girl on guy domestic violence and then ended with Star Wars domestic violence. I was going to say Star Wars, which is super domestic violence. Mm -hmm. It's magic domestic violence. Paired with the, the ex-girlfriend analogy we made last week, we sound very sad. Are we incels? <laughs> I swear to God, we're not. Does my girlfriend know I'm an incel? <laughs> Next week, we'll have her on. <laughs> oh, dude, we kind of could. She might re-record the intro. She wants to re-record the intro. She hates it. I love the intro. I, I mean, I think it's pretty solid right now, but I'd be open to... We got the good mic. Yeah, to trying to make it better. Is there any more games on the bullshit report? Christ, yeah, we have one. Uh, Minnesota Vikings. We took the money line. It... <laughs> so about, let's not talk about, about it. About as far. I would say legit, and we can move on. Yeah, that was super legit. The Vikings are... <laughs> okay... <laughs> Let's talk about week 12. Let's talk about week 12. Oh, Thanksgiving. Dude. Turkey picks. Hell yeah. Love me some turkey picks. Wait, hold up. All right, now we can break out and have a little mini turkey picks podcast for everybody, so that'll be dope. Absolutely. Yeah, turkey, turkey specific picks. First up on this wonderful Thanksgiving, we have the Buffalo Bills going to play the Detroit Lions. The Lions are plus 10, although that looks like it's about to move to plus nine and a half. I think it actually just moved off of nine and a half because when I bet this yesterday, it was nine. Well, that would make sense. Um, question. What time is this game at? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I forgot myself. This is in 1130 a.m. Eastern time. Eastern? Eastern. So it's 1030 a.m. It is 1030 a.m. Central time. Okay, that has nothing to do with the handicap, but fuck, dude. I'm going to be cooking. Wait, I'm not going to be cooking anything. I was going to say I'm going to be cooking breakfast, but I might just be like buying wine. 10.30 in the morning. For, for the fucking... I'm going to Thanksgiving with family. Right. I and, uh, and Thanksgiving dinner is, you know, at 1 p.m. And I don't drink wine any because it tastes like rotten. Just back in the day, I enjoyed wine. Beer and... Beer, whiskey, gin, and vodka. Just man shit. Nothing but just clear liquors. Yeah, and, and piss lick and beer. Anyway... Uh, ah, fuck, it kind of sucks that this line moved because the move was to tease this game down to three yesterday night. In fact, I did that move. I did it hard. It was great. But as it stands, this is nothing more than a leg. Yeah, can't bet on it. It anything. is a really nice early leg because if you throw Buffalo in there minus two or whatever, minus two and a half or three even, that leg will hit before whatever you're attaching it to. So that's really nice. I, I agree with you. I think that's nice. It starts you off with a little bit of a boost, make you feel good about the rest of the week. Um, Just as far as handicapping this game goes, one thing I've seen, uh, rather than staying in Detroit all week, the Bills actually flew home Sunday night to Buffalo, and then they are flying back today, Tuesday. So they went home, got their shit in order, and got back on the plane to get back to Detroit. Um, It's like a three-hour flight each way. No way it's that. It's like a three-hour drive. <laughs> I mean, okay, so let, let's be generous and say that tops, it took six hours of airporting, right? Sure, yeah. That ain't shit but hoes and tricks as one who flies all the goddamn time. Like, I'm sorry, two minuscule first-class flights in which you're mostly sleeping are not gonna fuck up shit. 
Yeah, I don't think it really impacts them that they laugh. No, it doesn't mean anything. And then, like, you could argue, like, oh, it's chaotic. And, like, oh, there's all these things to figure out. They already knew they were playing on Thanksgiving. Yeah, they they figured this out. It, the only, like, panic thing you could give would have been to last week. Yeah, last week when they were snowed in, canceled practice all week because they were snowed in, had a last-minute fucking excursion to Detroit for a weird game. And, oh, yeah, half the team had the flu all week and couldn't practice for that. A guy named squirrel dug out Josh Allen's house. It's ridiculous. Did that actually happen? Yeah. There, the, there's an article about it. I thought I sent it to you. You may have, but I may have not read it. That's I <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, he is some neighbor. Yeah, because, you know, all the all the neighbors in the area were the ones that dug out a lot of the players' driveways and got their cars out and everything. Does Buffalo not have classist redlining? Like, do the poors just live with the riches? I, I don't know. I'm not... Squirrel can't have money. Squirrel is a farmer so squirrel cannot have money yeah upstate new york farmer i i don't really know how that worked given that you could probably only grow food for like four a months. week <laughs> yeah and so how the fuck is he living close enough to josh allen that he could just be like oh fuck it i'll just go like shovel him out my neighbor that's a good question i don't know maybe maybe squirrel is a farm magnate he's he's like monsanto he owns a bunch of farms down in kentucky maybe either way yeah a guy named squirrel dug out josh allen and they they won that football game i got a buddy who's got a wife named bambi that's also a white trash name but john doesn't like football he won't hear <laughs> all right uh yeah so i i think that there's absolutely no harm in using buffalo as a leg i don't think it's a great teaser because you're not getting through the three uh if it drops back down to nine you take that shit you take that shit re- real fucking quick on your teaser next game yeah let's move on Next up at, you know, I don't know. Are we doing central time or eastern time? Keep doing central? Central time because I'm selfish. It's fine. I'll be in eastern time, so. Will you? Fucking Ohio. It's always so much further east than it should be. Indiana's the divide. Those poor fuckers live half in central, half in eastern. It's chaos. I don't understand. Those it. poor fuckers live in Indian, Indiana. It's <laughs> already bad. Mm-hmm. They agreed to this. At 2.30 p.m. central time, we have the New York Giants going to play the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are minus nine and a half. Okay, that one's still good. Wait, no, that one's fucking got teaser protection now, too. Yeah. Yesterday, I put in a fucking $6,000 teaser on Cowboys minus three, Bills minus three. And I can't give that to you guys now because it's gone. Just kind of feels like bragging. It is. Fair enough. Yeah, the Cowboys absolutely should win this game. The Giants have been somehow winning a ton this year. And now injuries are really starting to rack up against them. And also just regression is a Mack truck. Right, because they're not actually good. Yeah. So the Cowboys goddamn better wins game. It would be so fucking Cowboys to have all this hype off of two big fucking wins. Oh shit, they lost to the Packers. <laughs> they lost to the Packers. But... They dominated and lost. Um... It would still be really fucking Cowboys to lose this game. Yes, it would be pretty funny. But Kellen Moore is just so fucking good. He He's really put shit on a platter for Dak lately. And it, it turns out that they put Micah Parsons at linebacker specifically to stop the run. They might do that again in this game. But it, it seems that when, when they think the other team is passing, Micah Parsons rushes the pass. When they think the other team is running, Micah Parsons plays linebacker. Unfortunately, that's really smart. I think that they'll be okay. I think they will stop the little bit of all offense that the Giants attempt to manage. I think the best case scenario, the Giants are just a blue version 
of what the Packers are right now. I think Daniel Jones and Aaron Rodgers are very similar players right now. Just a absolutely absurd thought. But... It sounds wrong, but it looks true. Like they're both mobile dudes who can hit the easy passes. You can't really trust them to process information. You can't really trust them to throw down. I feel like that's too reductive, but honestly, results have too similar. I mean, the results have been way better for Daniel Jones. Yeah. yeah I think you may be right. It's wild. It is a wild thing, but this is a wild year, and Aaron Rodgers has been wildly underperformed. Yeah, you're you're right on all counts. So, again, really tough to give you a side. I don't want to hand out a fucking double-digit favorite as a side, and I don't want to give you a teaser where both teams are left at, like, minus four, and all of a sudden you're sweating field goal. Yeah, these games kind of feel like ones you just don't bet on. Enjoy your turkey. Yeah, yeah. Like, it feels kind of shitty to say that, but, you know, maybe just spend a little bit more time with your family. All right, we got to find an angle on these games. How do we bet them? Because I'm spending time with family. <laughs> I knew, I knew that would get you. Is there a first half bet to be made? Like, Let's see what the numbers are. No, five and a half. <laughs> Maybe in the Buffalo-Detroit game we can revisit no. first half. I I would bet it's going to be very similar. It's going to be six. Five and a half. Fuck. Okay, yeah, no, I guess you just can't bet these games. Live bet these games. Yeah, wait. I would expect the Giants to, at, at least one point, probably a couple points, look competitive in this game. You know Saquon will bust something stupid. You should be able to get some Cowboys live money. Man, <laughs> fuck, that sucks. All right, well, let's go to the next. Yeah. I mean, neither neither of these first ones are really good. The, those games will be good for 10 minutes of watching football. Yeah, the, the aesthetics will be cool. But on to Thursday night, Thanksgiving night, we have the New England Patriots going to play the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are minus two and a half. So this would be my best bet and one of the biggest bets I make all year. But Kirk Cousins is playing so far away from church. Not only is he playing at nighttime, which is not church, but he's playing on a Thursday, which is not Sunday, which is when church happens. The church will be so stale in him. I don't know how he plays. So my counter will be that I guarantee he goes to church. on. I 1000% believe that man needs to go hear some godly thoughts about how grateful he is for his life. Now, how does that impact? It really leverages whether or not church is the variable that we're trying to hone in on because I've also heard that it might just be I've, I've heard theories uh, that Kirk Cousins is just a slave to routine and playing at three o'clock or in prime time fucks up his routine. His routine could not be more fucked theoretically than trying to do Thanksgiving with his family and then going to a football game. Yeah, that's a good point. He might be all thrown off because he's had shift his very important family gathering or miss it. I think he's gonna have to fucking miss it. I think he's gonna watch the parade on TV with his children's and then he's gonna have to go to the stadium. Around like noontime, because they are there for like four hours. Yeah, no, I mean they're gonna get there early. Ugh, you're right. I when we, when I read this game, I was like, oh, we're definitely doing it. so less than a field goal. Here's Come the thing. Now. I mean, but, okay, so I I did bet Viking, and I believe that the Vikings will win, but I always underestimate the effect of primetime Kirk Cousins. It it baffles me every time. It shouldn't exist, but it does. Because he is, like, impressively bad every time. Yeah, like, not even just the, like, ah, this guy's not the deal, but, like, motherfucker, you gotta cut him. Like Zach Wilson shit. Which brings me to my next point. You still gotta bet the Vikings, because I don't care how bad Kirk Cousins is, he's not Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson should have beat the Patriots last week in Foxborough were it not for a fucking punt return as the time ran out. True. Now granted, that Jets defense is very good, and they had a very big part in why the Patriots only scored three when, points. When is the last time the Patriots scored 15 points? 
They've been terrible. Mac Jones is at the bottom of the league in every offensive metric. He has been very bad. Like, the his shine has worn off so quickly. Who could have seen this coming? <laughs> Damn, if only somebody would have told us. Hey, two weeks ago, they put up 26 on the Colts when Frank Wright got fired. Uh-huh, and they were playing Sam Ellinger. Here's another thing. Uh, people have been talking about how the Patriots' defense is actually really dominant. It's so good. Um... Would you like to hear the two best quarterbacks they've played this year? Who are they? According to EPA stats, the two best quarterbacks that the Patriots have faced are Tua in Week 1 and Jared Goff. They also played Justin Fields, who has shown something and is probably the best actual quarterback they've played. And they got skull-fucked into oblivion. They, they did. They lost 33-14. to 14. They've played Zach Wilson twice. Zach Wilson did Zach Wilson things both times. Yeah, they, they won by one score in both of those games. And we're lucky to cover in both cases. They did... Put a beating on the Lions. They put a beating on the Lions. Jared Goff had six turnover plays. He had a rough day. It was the worst I think I've ever seen him. That that Bears game a handful of years ago was pretty bad. But yeah, yeah very bad. And then they lost to the Packers in overtime. Granted, they scored 24 that game. I think they had two defensive touchdowns. I know they had a pick six. That's the only reason it went to overtime. Yeah, they had one pick six. They they scored 17 points on offense. Right around that 15 mark. And these are the Packers that we know suck. Yeah, so you're right. They That offense is terrible. They can run a little bit. Who, the Patriots? Yeah. Sure. We also have a very motivated Vikings team who just got embarrassed. They did. I worry that Justin Jefferson is going to get shadowed. No, you're right, you're right. He's Actually, gonna get... I wanted to make this point. They're going to take Justin Jefferson out of the game. I don't know how exactly they're going to do it because the Patriots have... the. Patriots Patriots have as many starting cornerbacks as we do on this podcast. <laughs> Nobody should be starting for them at corner. I really like Marcus Jones, the guy who actually had the punt return touchdown. I really like him as a slot. Jack Jones shows potential to be a second cornerback. Jalen Mills is their starting corner. He's a good safety. So let's assume graciously that they find a way to erase Justin Jefferson. Again, gracious assumption. Mm-hmm. Although Bill has shown a pretty good job, even in these later years. Sure, sure. To cancel out a team's greatest strength. Like I'm saying, let's assume that it happens, which I think would be um, whelming for a Patriots back. If you're a Patriots backer, you are counting on Justin Jefferson getting eliminated. Completely. Yeah. And I don't think that that's a safe surmission, which is a word that I have used. I have created it as a noun version of surmise. I like it. It's like tangented. Kind of. So We make up words here. Even if Justin Jefferson gets taken away, TJ Hawkinson has been really good with the Vikings, and the Patriots have no linebackers that can cover. So he's going to be able to do some things. And God forbid they somehow take away TJ Hawkinson. You still have Adam Thielen, who people forget, was once considered as good, if not better, than Stephon Diggs. Now he's not. He's still a great wide receiver, too. They also still have Dalvin Cook, who's a playmaker and a half, and Alexander Madison, who's a really, really, really good second running back. They have weaponry, and they have a smart coach. I think the Vikings are going to score their points. Maybe not a ton, but I think they'll score 21 points, and I don't think the Patriots can match 21 points. I think you're right. I think the the Patriots will be able to score a little bit because I think they'll be able to get the run game going. I worry that they may get a pick six <laughs> with primetime Kirk. They probably will. But even with that, 
I feel like they get 17 points. Yeah, I think Mac Jones throws a couple picks because this is this Vikings secondary is not good. I don't think any of the players currently starting on it are significantly above average players, but they're all, all of them, all four or five of them, depending on which personnel they're in, are really smart. They don't bust coverages. They pass off receivers really well. They're going to make Mac Jones beat them by a thousand cuts. And I think that his dumbass throws an interception or two and they take advantage. All right, so we taking the Vikings? We are taking the Vikings. That is, oh, fuck. If somehow this game gets moved to 1 p.m. on a Sunday, it's a best bet. But short of that, I have to adhere to the superstitions. That's a bet. Vikings minus two and a half. Because it would not be an episode of this podcast without a Thursday night bet. Lock it in. Vikings minus two and a half. Our only turkey bet. Gobble, gobble. Watch this when everybody in your family is a little bit drunk and talking about things that are uncomfortable, like what to do about the border. <laughs> I like that that's the, the one you pick. I, I just went to the well from like 2017. I was about to say, it's very Trump era. Super Trump. Actually, I'm pretty goddamn sure that that's the joke that was circulating my senior year of college, which was 2017. Getting old. Getting old. My joints still work. Actually, my joints are better now than they were then. All right. Uh, on to Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, fucking Sunday, baby. First up, in the noon hour, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to play the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are plus three and a half. The Fuck these line moves. This was three when I bet it yesterday. I was about to say, it was probably just three because it's at minus 120. Well, I fucking love Tampa minus three. I, I, this line makes no sense. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't know how you can watch what the Browns have been putting on the field the last few weeks and have any faith in them to win or keep a game close even. They're, they're bad. They look like they've given up. They have given up. And it's been visible on the football field for two weeks in a row, and nothing has changed that suggests they're going to wake back up. The Bucks have struggled this year, but they're coming off a bye. They've been rounding into form lately. They have been rounding into form. I think this is a really good spot for them, and even at three and a half, I like the Bucks. It's in Tampa? No, it's in Cleveland. Mm, that do be sucking. It's going to be cold. I, it might not be that cold. It's supposed to be pretty nice this weekend. Let me see what it's going to be like there. Because Cleveland gets Chicago's weather a day late. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be like 50 all week. Well, you got to remember, Cleveland is hell. So it's going to be 48 degrees, but it's going to be raining. Are you kidding? 60% chance. Okay, so we have to analyze the run games. Uh, the Browns run game works on everybody in the... Buccaneers are no longer a threat to that success. However, the Buccaneers have a new starting running back in Rashad White who seems to know how to play football, and the, the Browns just can't stop the run at all. You know what? Doing some deeper research, it looks like pretty light rain, and it's supposed to stop a couple hours before the start. Mm, so we're good. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're a few days out, so that obviously can change, but yeah, actually, I don't think we need to worry about it that much. Alright, well, unfortunately, I think we're going to have to fucking... Oh, fuck, I really don't want to bet this game. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to wait, because you have asymmetric risk, and you are going to bet this game as soon as it is Tampa Bay minus three, or on Sunday morning. Do not take it at minus three and a half. If it goes to minus four, you've lost nothing. I like that. So, are we making it a bet? Yes, but if it ever touches three again before Sunday, we get it at three, because we are not going to bet this until ten minutes before kickoff, unless it touches... Alright, so, Buccaneers at minus three and a half. Hopefully
actually a minus three. Yes. All right, let's move on. Next up, we have the Atlanta Falcons going to play the Washington Commanders. The Commanders are minus four. Well, we lost a tiny bit of value here because it was four and a half for the Falcons, but I like the Falcons. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I think they're going to give up points. Mm -hmm. The defense won't be able to stop the explosive aspect that Taylor Heineke brings, and I'm only half joking when I say that because the dude does throw downfield and they still have Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel still playing. Yeah, he's playing pretty well. I was about to say, I I know he's generally been good, but I always assume he's hurt. They they have Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, and Terry McLaurin, and that is a really, really, really great wide receiving. It is. They haven't really been using Jahan Dotson since Heineke's come in, though. He got hurt, so he's just returning from injury, but that's three really good. Definitely, and they're guys that can stretch the field. I know Curtis Samuel is more like a gadget guy, but he does have the speed and the elusiveness, and obviously Terry McLaurin is incredible at the deep ball top five wide receiver he's really good i like him a lot especially he seems like just one of the best guys you want on your team totally but that said i think the falcons are going to be able to score as well i think this is going to be a close game i wouldn't be shocked if the commanders end up pulling it out but at four i think you got to take the value on the falcon i actually first of all i actually think that losing kyle pitts will help the falcons because he's been so fucking bad i don't i don't know if it'll help them i don't think it'll really have an impact do you know why it'll help them or why I think it'll help them. Let's just go off the last two weeks. In the last two weeks, Kyle Pitt, well, the last three weeks. In the last three weeks, so the Chargers game, the second Falcons game, and the Bears game. Kyle Pitts, in each game, has not even gotten a hand on a deep ball that was accurately thrown because he tracked it so poorly in each of the three games. He has run the wrong route several times, and he has had a drop in each and every game. He is becoming an active detriment because he mentally can't handle playing football. And maybe he figures that out, and maybe he still becomes good, but right now, he's bad. And while Michael Pruitt is no fucking stud, he's a veteran that I can count on to run the plays. He's got experience in this offense, and he's actually a pretty good athlete. He just isn't very big. I think that's accurate in that it'll help the offense because they won't feel like they need to force anything to pits, and they can just go, all right, our tight end is here to block and occasionally catch some light stuff, you know, find some holes in zone. But I think it goes the other way on the defense, too, because even though Kyle Pitts has been not uh, great this year. You lose the decoy effect. You lose the decoy effect. The The defense is no longer paying attention and thinking like, oh, they have an elite receiving tight end. We need to make sure that we're covering over here, which opens things up for other guys. Yeah, that is fair. Now, it's also true that Chase Young might be back. I don't think he's back, but there's a chance. And that would be bad for the Falcon. Almost like it would be bad if I just destroyed our laptop by sitting on the wrong cord. I told you it was too close to the edge and you were like, no, it's it's heavy in the back. It's perfectly fine. It landed on the couch. We're safe. Only because I moved the table. Everything's fine. Anyway, I really dislike the Washington, look at me, I took some time and I thought and I remembered what they're called. Uh, I really dislike the Washington secondary. I believe that their only good secondary player, in coverage at least, is uh, Kendall Fuller. And Kendall Fuller is about 5'10", plays in the slot. Drake London is about 6'4", does not play in the slot. So I think that he's going to get matched up with Benjamin St. Juice, who sucks. We've got one of my favorite young receivers versus my literal least favorite corner. 
Benjamin St. Juice is kind of like if Caleb Farley was not athletic. That's not a not a career path you want to go down. Typically, slow six foot four corners who have no ball skills and make mistakes in space don't laugh. No. Uh, so I think that there will be a passing advantage to Drake London at the least. I don't think that the Redskins line. Fuck. I, I don't think that the Redskins linebackers will be able to handle Marcus Mariota's running because they are not good. Jamin Davis was a bust. Uh, I forget who the fuck else they're starting. It's a guy whose name you knew from college, but he's not good. And then I think John Boss, like third guy. Uh, John Bostic flamed out of the league or at least tried to like half a decade ago. I was about to say, is this the same one that played for the Bears? Yeah, and I liked him enough with the Bears, but I didn't like him. Like, uh, So I, I don't think that their linebackers are good enough to handle the second level of the Falcons' running attack, and I don't think that the Redskins' defensive line is as dominant as they should be against... I don't disagree with any of that. I think that speaks to the Falcons should be able to score a bit. Yeah, I, I don't think the Falcons will run train, but I think they can get 24 points. I just worry how much... The the, the commanders might be able to score, especially score late, All right. because they have the big playability. I think it's time for our weekly segment of, is A.J. Terrell back yet? Week segment. Every week we ask if A.J. Terrell and Marcus Lattimore are back, and every week they're not. All right, so A.J. Terrell, he played last week, and it seems like he's definitely playing this week. According to A.J. Terrell, he, quote-unquote, felt like himself out there last week so we got him back finally the falcons have some semblance of past defense in their secondary you can stick aj terrell on terry mclaurin and and not erase him but rein him in pretty well it also opens up what you can do with the rest of your defense i think that taylor heineke definitely turns the ball over at least once i think so and we're getting Atlanta plus four. It is four right now. You have to take it. I think so. It's simply because you're getting the value at four. Atlanta Falcons plus four. Lock it in. Do we have the goal to take it money line? I don't know. I think... We don't need to. Yeah, I, and I don't think it's worth it. What is the money line value? 175. Fuck, that's good value. That's good value. Sprinkle the money line. Bonus bet. Yeah, that might be the bonus bet. That is the bonus bet pretty damn early to be declaring the bonus bet verbal meme it's salt bay and he's doing the thing with the salt that makes him salt bay but instead of salt it's the money line bonus bet i'll, I'll accept it because verbal. well let's move on to the next game in the noon hour the third game on sunday we already have three picks and our bonus bet locked in i like this week a lot better than most yep we have the baltimore ravens going to play the jacksonville jaguars the jags are plus four this is a great game this is a good game. Yeah, it I don't. Be. I don't think you can bet it. I, I lean Baltimore. Me too. I think that defense may absolutely ruin Trevor Lawrence. I was just telling you before we started recording, I think that defense is the best defense in the NFL right now. They're they're back on their shit in that they're playing very aggressive and very handsy. And they've added three new edges, all of whom are com competent or better. Well, JPP's been there, like, most of the season. Yeah, but he only started, like, playing as many snaps in the last week or two. Yeah, he's there's been a difference in him rounding into form, for sure. I'm excited for this Ravens defense. Lamar's been playing poorly. He's even been poor as a runner lately. He looks like he's lost a step. I don't know if he's hurt or fat, but one of the two is happening. I, I, I've i noticed that he doesn't look like himself running. I, mean, I know he gained weight this offseason for health reasons, like to try to stay sturdy, but I don't know. He looks slow, man. He might need to ditch that weight. Uh, see, I think he looked fine at the beginning of the year. He did, which is why I think it might be an injury. Yeah, it could be. Maybe it just, you know, it as the season goes on, he's just slowing down. Wearing tear. Beat up a little bit. Whatever the reason is, 
We also know that the Jaguars are just prone to fucking up. And the Ravens are one of those teams that take advantage of teams that fuck up. Yes. They're very opportunistic. Very well coached. They're so well coached that when you screw up, it's why they always beat up on the Browns and used to always beat up on the Bengals very easily. It's because when you have poorly coached teams, they just absolutely kill you in those money situations, like around the end of the first half um, and at the end of the game. Those little edges add up so Mm -hmm. quickly when you're a poorly coached team that makes fuck ups. Like when the Jaguars have their inevitable fumble that just absolutely breaks their back on a drive, the Ravens will turn that into a touchdown and that will be the game. Yes. And I don't even think the Jags are poorly coached as much as they're just very young. They're so young and they're sloppy and the way that they play lends itself to higher variance. They like to go for it on fourth down. They run lots of tricky plays. They run lots of... uh, So they like to get the ball in space on short or quick throws. But the way that they do that has a thin margin for error, which opens Trevor Lawrence up to intercept balls and opens their team up to getting way behind the down and distance or turning the ball over on down. Just generally inopportune scenarios. There's a reason that they've been so fucking unlucky, and it's partially because they're really unlucky, it's partially because they're young, and it's partially because they put themselves... Yeah, and I think they're the opposite of the Ravens, and where the Ravens really lock in in those key situations, it's like the Jags panic is specifically trevor lawrence i mean how many yeah. times has he had really bad picks and overthrows and fumbles like he, right in the last two minutes he seems to play best when his team is losing by a lot and he feels no pressure or they're playing very bad team yeah he seems to be at his worst when the game is close i don't know, I, I don't love minus four i don't either but i feel like the ravens definitely win this game and i wouldn't be shocked if they blew him out it's a maybe pile for me i don't think that we'll touch it but i do agree that the ravens are probably the right side. I think if this was in a different week, like if this game was in last week's pile, we would have bet the Ravens. It would have been certainly right there with the... Yeah, like we wouldn't have felt incredible about it. Wouldn't have been the best bet, but I think it definitely would have made it. But I think we move on. We maybe pile it. Next up, we have the Chicago Bears going to play the New York Jets. The Jets are minus four and a half. The Jets are minus four and a half? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Fuck. I was going to say, I don't think you can touch this game, but... Fuck, four and a half? I don't know. Do you think the Bears will be able to score at all? If Fields is out, and I think he's out. I would I would guess yes. They seem, they're, I mean, they're saying that he might play this week and he might not play again this year. Yeah. If Fields is out, I think they move the ball fine because they were running offense first, regardless of how Fields is playing. And for the first five weeks of this season, they ran a traditional Shanahan offense, which is wide zone and easily defined passes. I think Trevor Simeon is not the worst backup and he can manage that sort of. Uh, The issue is that if Joe Flacco plays, I think the Jets blow them out. Yes, I agree because I don't know if the Bears are going to be able to score 10 points. You can't bet this game. Because the quarterbacks are a fucking quan. Like, literally, we could have any of four permutations. So, if it's Fields versus Wilson, you gotta take the Bears. Even though Fields is hurt, you take the Bears. Yeah, four and a half. If it's Simeon versus Wilson, I don't touch it. If it's Flacco versus Simeon, I take the Jets. And if it's Flacco versus Fields, I think I still take the Jets. I wouldn't touch it at that point. Because I see my worry about anything Bears-wise is that the Jets' defense is really good, and the Bears can't really pass the ball. They're, they can't. They're a run team only. And once you face a good defense, that's got big boys, too. Who do they have that's going to stuff that run? Quinn Williams. Good. Quinn Williams is awesome. Hey, who could have seen this coming when the Giants got rid of him? Or no, that was Leonard. Mm-hmm. And the Jets got rid of him. Now we're on the Giants. Yeah. Wait, well, why did people think Quinn Williams is bad? 
I mean, he wasn't probably because anytime you draft a defensive player that high, you're like, yeah, sacks. He's going to get sacks. Yeah, that's probably it. And it's New York, and they're just ignorant sons of bitches out there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say that I've watched a shitload of Quinnen Williams tape. I mean, he's always been really good. But the things that I have seen from him, and we probably go look up his, his PFF grades or anything. I don't want to because I've seen some things about PFF this past week that just make me not that they're a real place. Yeah, they they don't mean much. But they they gave up three points to the Patriots last week. And what kind of offense is that? Is that a offense that runs the ball pretty damn well but cannot throw it whatsoever? Hey, man, Mac Jones went like 24 of 20. And two weeks before that when they paid the Patriots and they gave up, I think, 20 points. And I guarantee there were some defensive scores. Yeah, we can't bet them. No. I think you you absolutely have to stay away from this game because Fields is hurt and the Bears are purely a running team. And the Jets' defense is very good. But it's Zach Wilson who's atrocious. Maybe you get Flacco. But I then, think he's a 50-50 shot right now. Do you really want to bet on no, I don't. 38-year-old? I don't even know how fucking old he is. Old-ass oh, oh, Joe I, Flacco. Do I want to bet on Joe Flacco if he plays? Yes. The same way I love betting on Andy Dalton. Yes. I don't think he's in Andy Dalton's fucking no. neighborhood. No. Andy Dalton's a legitimately average or even possible. No. He's a legitimately average starting quarterback. Joe Flacco's a below average starting quarterback. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson looks like he just fucking got drunk instead of looking at his playbook for the last eight months, showed up to the game, and they were like, yo, Zach, run Hank. And he's like, what is that now? But then you have to take the Jets at, if if Flacco plays, I imagine money is going to go on the Jets. Dude, this is not even worth talking about. We're not touching this game. <laughs> You're right. We've spent way too much time on this garbage-ass game. And every time we talk about it, we say, yeah, but we're just not going to bet. All right, let's move on. Yeah. Next up in the noon hour, we have the Cincinnati Bengals going to play the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are plus two. Yep. Yeah, bet. Wait. Titans, Titans. money line. Yeah. Uh, Jamar Chase is not playing this week. No, no, no. He said he could play. They said they're going to begin working him back. Yeah, no, he ain't fucking playing. Yeah, absolutely not. And didn't T. Higgins get a little banged up last week, too? Got hurt. Not injured, but hurt. Yeah. They're... Joe Mixon was out at the end of that game as well. I'm pretty sure he got declared out of that game. They had, you know, they ended up winning by like 10 or something, 12. Yeah. That was against fucking Steelers who suck. This this is, don't even make this handicap diff. Even if T. Higgins is perfectly healthy and playing, Christian Fulton's sick. Even if Joe Mixon is perfectly healthy and playing, you can't run on these Titans. On the flip side, the Titans offense is rounding into form. Derrick Henry is reaching that point in the season where Derrick Henry looks good. The Titans have all their receivers back to the extent that they ever will have any receivers. Chidobia Wuzie is no longer here. Eli Apple is now your number one corner. Alex's eyes just popped out of his fucking head. I love the Titans here. It's in Tennessee? It's in Tennessee. This is fucking ridiculous. They're home dogs. This is a... Oh, I'm going to steal one from Dave Esler here. This is a WTF game. Wrong team favored. Should be Titans minus four. Yeah, I think the Titans should absolutely be favored in this game. Are we... Is this the best bet? This is the best bet. Titans money line. And then it'll fuck us because it's the Titans. We're doing Titans money line best bet. Uh, it's got to be money line. What's the money line? Plus 110? 115. Ooh! Take that shit. All right. Titans money line. We get the better quarterback. We get the better coach. We get the better... Yeah, no, I mean, I when I saw the number was two, I assumed it was going to be minus two. And even then, I think... Yeah, because Titans under a field goal. We're good. Titans under a field goal is always a good bet. And then I saw that they were home dogs off a of mini-buy as well. Off the mini-buy. Feeling themselves in first place. Bengals season slipping away from them. Yeah, Bengals feeling themselves too. They yeah, they the are. division right. But let's move on. We can finish off the noon slate.
actually. Last game, we have the Houston Texans going to play the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins are minus 13. Nope. Yeah, we're not betting on this game. I mean, Dolphins as a fucking money line leg. Yeah, which I, I don't even think is very valuable. It's, it's minus be, 750. I was going to say, it's going to be minus 750, so it's going to be worth 20 cents. to. Yeah, it, it barely even does anything for you. So let's move on to the 3 o'clock hour. That is what that would be. On, on Bovada, they have it as 2 p.m. That's wrong. That's wrong. Does it think I'm in mountain time? Is Chicago in mountain time? Look out that window. It'd be really nice. That's a it's fucking dark out. I think they have lakes by mountains well, but... Not like point. that. It's a freshwater sea. It's one of the great... Yeah, these are 3 o'clock games. I don't know when they're fucking with me. Under the 3 o'clock hour, first up, we have the Las Vegas Raiders going to play the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are minus 3.5. The proper side is the Raiders. This will be a fun game. I'm not betting it. I think that's a smart conclusion. I don't want to bet on the game. The Raiders are the right side. Object. Geno Geno Smith has been falling back to earth lately. He has. Like, pretty consistently just tapering off back to being a very mediocre act. The Raiders are starting to feel themselves a little bit. Don't look now, but they're almost, almost 500. I think they're 3-7, and or are they 4-6? 3-7. and Uh, We can can figure this out very quick. 3-7. and Yeah, so they run the table. They're in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, their season's not (laughs) dead, officially. No, they're playing for pride. They're playing for their cup. Carr's playing for his job. Yeah, they're playing to either continue to stay on this team for next year or put some film out for teams next year. This season's pretty dead. I think that the Raiders are the side at three, but I do not bet it, and I think we already have four or five. Yeah, we don't have to bet this one. Honestly, I'd probably lean Seahawks just because I think the Raiders find ways to be bad. And the Seahawks, aren't they coming off a bye? They are. Coming off a bye, yeah, Geno's been coming back to earth, but their run game has been picking up really nicely. And the Raiders just have no defense. Yeah, the Raiders' defense is atrocious. So Gino just kind of has to like do what he's been doing most of the season, which is he doesn't have to make that many like really impressive throws. He, he really just, just has to Dak. Yeah, he has to Dak, which he's been solid at. And even though he's been he hasn't been super Dak lately like he was at the beginning of the year. He was super Dak. Yeah, I mean, he was completing everything. It was very low difficulty, but... Well, I mean, he even had a few, like, super fucking elite throws. Like, probably six or seven of them. Yeah, he's been sprinkling them in. Either way, I think you don't need to bet on this game. I personally would lean Seahawks just because I think they're I think they're a better team. They're a little bit more complete, which is ridiculous to say because I don't think they're that talented. But they're coming off the bye. There are they're many... Playing for the playoffs. There are many more players on the Seahawks roster who I'm intrigued by who also start. Like Tyreek Woolen or Tariq Woolen, he's really good. Kobe Bryant on the other side, like not good, but intriguing. Uh, Kenneth Walker, really good. Both offensive tackles, good. Not really good, not great, but good and intriguing. The wide receivers, Ah, uh, I see what you're saying, but I still want to bet Raiders plus three and a half. So let's do a gentleman's bet. One cigarette. <laughs> Does that mean you have to smoke a cigarette? If... No, I have to give you a cigarette or I get a cigarette. So I'm just giving you a Lucy if the... It, this is a Lucy bet. Okay, so Raiders, are we doing cover? Are we doing... I, we're doing spread. Okay. One cigarette. I have Raiders. You have Seahawks. All right, minus three and a half. Gentleman's bet. Of one cigarette. Fun fact, Joe uses cigarette as a code word for blowjob. I'm, I, I'm not going to cut that, <laughs> but I want to. 
full, full disclosure, I'm doing a cigarette bet because I know you smoke, and my dad just gave me a pack of Newports that I'm not going to eat. My dad sells loose cigarettes in the ghetto. You're going to give me a Newport? A Newport. Probably a menthol. I don't remember. I left it in my pocket. It's a long split. I'm, I'm okay with this bet because either I win or I get to watch you smoke a cowboy killer. Man, you get me drunk. I'll smoke a half pack of cigarettes in two hours. Well, I wasn't talking about getting you drunk. I just want you to have to hack down a sober cig. I didn't say I have to smoke it on the spot. I just get the equity of one cigarette. We we keep doing this on every single game. <laughs> What's next? Next up, we have the Los Angeles Chargers going to play the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are plus four and a half. Fuck! So the Cardinals just had their dreams stomped on. Anybody who watches Hard Knocks, and I, I, I worked out this morning, so I finished Hard Knocks too. Uh, I'm caught up. The Cardinals basically turned the last three games into a round robin to save their season and last night they lost the round robin they really wanted to go two and one and at the minimum it was all on the table but even with colt mccoy their best quarterback they were not even close to being close to a match for the 49 and i think they know that they got a pack here's done Meanwhile, despite the fact that the Chargers keep on losing in heartbreaking ways, they're never out of it because they have a surprisingly good record for how terrible their coaching is. Mm -hmm. uh, I wonder if you could apportion credit for that surprisingly good record despite terrible coaching to one particular player at an important position. Unfortunately, I've heard that Justin Herbert sucks because he does not win big games and has no playoff win. Similarly, I would be a very stupid first grader right now because I haven't taken a first grade class in 20 years. <laughs> My worry with betting on the Chargers, because I think that's the only way you could go in this game, because I imagine Kyler's going to play this week. Yeah, he will. And although the Chargers threw downfield a little bit and have been doing that more often of late, I think that's more because they've been playing some good teams that they feel like they need to throw to keep up with. But as soon as they feel like they're the more talented team and they can play their game, they're going to go back to the same bullshit of a bunch of outs and flats and curls. Well, the, the funniest thing is that in the last two weeks against teams that they know are better than them. They threw down the field on their opening drive and then stopped. Both opening drives led to touchdowns because it turns out that having, here's a take, having the best quarterback in the NFL throw down field is good, but then they stopped. Yeah, so I I don't think you can count on them to play smart. To quote some 41, don't count on me. That's what Brandon Staley says to us. Yes, and Joe Lombardi sings the harmony. It's actually a pretty nice production. I could make a joke, but it'd be really homophobic, so I'm not going to. Good job i think we're we're digging ourselves into enough holes with all these like scary relationship jokes we start hating on the uh, lgtq community and might be able to get ourselves they've had a rough week we need to be nice we do i'm sure they they do keep a lot of tabs on how we view their community they're squarely within our demographic um and now that we have got in a completely useless comment for this game uh we can wrap it up and move on to the next one we're not betting on Chargers and Cardinals. Yeah, I want to bet on Chargers, but it's just the allure of Justin Herbert. And you're at four and a half. Four and a half is a terrible number. I, it's awful. The only way that you, the only way that you can bet this game, I almost destroyed the computer again, and this time it would have. Um, the only way you can bet this game is if your handicap is Justin Herbert's elite and the Chargers, or sorry, and the Cardinals just got their dreams crushed and they have given up on the season entirely. I'm not sure that they've given up entirely, and I'm not sure that Justin Herbert being elite matters. Yeah, and and when you're at such a bad number, you got to stay away. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Let's move on. Yep. Next up, we have the Los Angeles Rams and the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are minus 14 and a half. Fuck. Can't even use it in a parlay. Nope. Next. Yeah, next. There's nothing that needs to be said about this game. 
For the final game of the 3 o'clock hour, we have the New Orleans Saints going to play the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers are minus 9. Do you want to play the game of, is Marshawn Lattimore playing this week? We can play that. Uh, do you want to hazard a guess? No. I don't think he's going to play. I don't think Marshawn Lattimore is ever going to play again. I think he saw what Michael Thomas did, and he's just going to do that. And he's still get paid, right? Exactly. Michael Thomas, okay, it's verbal meme. It's the strong black guy and the strong white guy clasping hands, except there's actually a third one, and let's call him the strong Asian guy. And and the strong black guy is Michael Thomas, and the strong Asian guy is going to be uh, Marshawn Lattimore, and then the strong white guy is my dad slash union workers, and then in the middle, all of their hands clasped is, I swear I got hurt on the job. Wow, I really like that. You, you I, I want to see you make that come to... No. <laughs> All right, I have nothing on him so far. This is the negative of doing this on a Tuesday. Man, he's not fucking playing. Yeah, I mean... He... The Saints are still the right side. Yeah, I mean, you're at nine. Nine! With PFF's fourth-rated quarterback. Now, the 49ers do a pretty good job of getting after that quarterback, and the Saints do Saints have offensive a line is dog just, shit offensive line. It's just torn to pieces. Remember when they mortgaged their future so they could get Trevor fucking? And Andy Dalton doesn't know with all that pressure. No. I, even though this feels like an easy one, like when I got, like when the Cardinals were plus ten and a half for that Monday night game, against 49ers. It was like, come on, it's, it's 49ers plus 10 and a half. They don't really run up the score. The Cardinals should be able to keep it pretty close. Uh, they did not. That was a toughie. I think this could be the exact same thing. I mean, the Saints have shown a pension for getting blown the fuck out when games go poorly for them. Yeah. Well, I mean, Andy Dalton's played well, but he's still Andy Dalton. He doesn't really have that explosive element. Yeah. So I worry that it could go south really quickly. It's in San Fran. It's in Santa Clara. It's in their area. I, I don't go to place California. Having, I only go to wave when it ha- separates me. I'll be there with you. It'll be so fun. Um, <coughs> Santa Clara is about the same distance from San Francisco as like fucking Canton is from Cleveland. Maybe Pittsburgh. That's that's a hike. It's like a two hour drive. Yeah, that's Pittsburgh. Cause... So if the Browns played their home games at the Steelers field, that's San Francisco to Santa Clara. <laughs> that's, that's absurd. Santa Clara is on the other side of Silicon Valley, which is where it is because it's far enough from San Francisco that there's no, you know, homeless people, riffraff, etc. City life. Well, no, literally Silicon Valley is where it is because they're like, oh, close to Stanford, close to San Francisco, dirt cheap land because it's the middle of nowhere. Dope. And Santa Clara is below that. It's far. So when they're playing in Santa Clara, the Saints will not have that home field advantage of the dome. Correct. Santa Clara is really weather-wise. But it won't be loud. There'll be no whistle guy. I feel like we just got to pass on it. It's a maybe pile, but yeah. Maybe pile. And, you know, we're, we're, we have four bets already and the bonus bet already. Yeah. So we only got to pick one more. We can be a little, a little selective. Let's move on to Sunday night. We have the Green Bay Packers going to play the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are minus seven. Birdwatcher, close your ears. Close. I think that the Packers are a good bet. Really? What did we just get done saying about the fucking Eagles? They can't stop the run. The Packers are probably the best pure running team in the NFL. I think even at this point? I mean, considering the fact that they're still probably top five in running efficiency and everybody knows it's all they can fucking do, they're a really good running team. They're a good running team. Look at what the fucking Redskins did to the Eagles with a 3.1 yards per carry rushing average. Look at what the Colts just did. You make a good point. I don't think Ndamukong Su is going to be very good in his return to the NFL. I think it's tough to ever count on a guy that joins your team halfway through the year to make like a significant difference exactly especially because he wasn't great last year with the bucks he was 
okay. And now he took a half year off. Yeah, I mean, I think it's why they signed both him and Linval Joseph is because yeah. they went, I, I hope one of these guys can still They're play. throwing lawn darts. I'm pretty sure they gave them the exact same contract. They gave them identical contracts. They literally were saying, one of you has to hit. I don't think that either of them is a real remedy. And then I know that I, ri- I rip on this Packers fog cloud zone defense. But I think that it throws a monkey wrench in what the Eagles do. Because we, we talked about earlier in the pot as well, the Eagles have a very, very formulaic offense in that if it is man, they will run curls and slam. If it is zone, they have some zone beating concepts and mesh. If it's this match fog defense, what do they do? My counter to that will be the game that I remember the Eagles playing and kind of soft off coverage defense. Yeah, but that was, was deeper. The, the Viking. Yeah. But that was that was like a true zone shell defense. This is different. I know it's not quite the same, but I don't think it's bad for the Eagles to give them more space to try and make things happen. Yeah, you can sit on Jalen a little bit more, but he doesn't have to make tight throws. He just has to make good decisions, which I think feeds into his abilities more because he's a better mind than he is an arm. I see what you're saying, but I do want to fade Jalen Hurts generally. I do want to fade the Eagles generally. I do think that the Packers run game gives them a unique schematic advantage. What is the Packers record? Want to say four and six? If the Packers have anything to play for, I think that they cover. Four and seven. Are they in the hunt? I mean, I don't think with how the... I I mean, obviously not for the, the division. I think the Redskins are five and six or six and five five and five and they're in the hunt washington's six and five and they're in the hunt now there's no way they are i mean the just the nfc east alone because remember there's three wild card teams there. yeah but i mean the entire nfc east is in in front of the packers right? the packers four and seven nfc east is six and five seven and three seven and three nine fuck nfc west you have two six and four teams okay so the packers are done yeah i mean so that was their dream crusher on today it's tough i mean like the vikings they could completely fall apart they are frauds but no they have a five win. they're ahead by five losses no that that was it if they beat the titans they're five and six and everything's on the table but they didn't so it's off that was their dream crush i mean i guess they could make it as the third wild card if because one of the nfc teams obviously is going to has to fall off from here so even if you say okay you get philly dallas and the giants mini goes from the north but the nfc south is going to send one team the nfc west i mean maybe you you're then fighting with whoever doesn't win out of the Cardinals oh, and the 49ers. Yeah, the Falcons have a better shot at the wild card fucking Packers. I mean, yeah, they are a win ahead. So, yeah, I mean, I think the, the Packers are kind of done. We've talked about how shitty Aaron Rodgers in this season and how it's kind of fallen apart. Personally, I just I don't want to bet on this game because you're at seven. But the Eagles are a better team. I think, you know, they're still not a, they're not good, if any. But I think having Sue and Linval Joseph there for like a week of practice, full week of practice instead of like all right boys welcome let's make sure you pass your physicals might help out a little bit and they're just a lot better like i hear you i i i would absolutely bet this game if the packers had a shot at the playoffs but i think that they are dead and i think that they know it so and i think that like realistic and this isn't even me trolling this isn't even me being like a packers hater if i'm a packers fan you start jordan love the rest you have nothing to play for. rogers hasn't exactly been lighting it up 
how how many years is he tied to them for? Rogers? Five. Yeah. Yep. 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 So you sit him down and you say, Hey, you uh you hurt your shoulder, right? That's why you've been having a hard time this year. Your shoulder's been hurting. And uh we're gonna play Jordan Love, showcase him, get him some stats, and then at the end of the year we could trade him because people are stoked. We can get you some wide receivers with that. There's a way to spin it. Oh yeah. You give him an out to excuse his terrible year and you give him hope for better cast next and all he has to do is not work and get paid. Go go fucking do an ayahuasca trip. Have sex with the couple that you date. Don't worry about football. You know, he may be amenable to that. I think ultimately he would fight him on it because it's Aaron Rodgers who thinks he's God and he doesn't want to go out and admit defeat on a shitty season that where he's been shitty. Like it has been the team. Like, you know, the, the end of the Mike McCarthy days where he could point to like, okay, well, it's not me. It's that the defense can't stop anything. The system is stale. This Now it's like defense has been disappointing, but the run game's real good and we still can't really score points. Somebody keeps on throwing touchdowns to the New England Patriots, and it ain't Mac Jones. Um, no, I... Okay, we've tangented. We're not betting this game. You're right. The motivation spot is too terrible. What's, uh... Is that Sunday night? That is Sunday night. We What's on, on fucking Monday, baby? Yeah. Fucking Monday, baby, in absolute beauty of a game. Everyone's gonna be tuning in. The Pittsburgh Steelers travel to play the Indianapolis Colts. Are you fucking kidding? The Colts are minus two and a half. Why did they schedule this? I have no idea. Who who wanted this? I maybe at the beginning of the year they were like, "Hey, well, Kenny Pickett's totally going to be starting by now. He's going to be hitting his stride, and those Indianapolis Colts are probably going to be battling the Titans for the top of that division." I don't know. I'm making. I think they up. are. Yeah, I think back to my standings. I want to say they're like four, five, and one. They are four, six, and one. so the Titans have a bit of a lead on them. They're seven and three, but I mean, in theory, they're still fighting. I don't know. I this game is terrible. I don't. I don't think it's worth betting on. Yeah. Well, what's the line? I mean, it is two and a half. Yeah, those those Jeff Saturday Colts too. They've <gasps> been they've been playing some pretty right. tough. games. So what are they going to do? They're going to run the fucking ball, and the Steelers can stop the run. Can and TJ Watt look fucking good? TJ Watt is really good. Uh, is he better than Miles Garrett? So pure talent and ceiling wise, like I think Miles Garrett has the most impressive sack mm-hmm. and play compared to TJ. However, I think TJ gets used more or used better and is more consistent because I think Miles takes plays off. You don't say. I don't really think TJ Watt does and TJ Watt is in a scheme and defense that gives him a lot of clear opportunities and yeah. easy like they line him up against a shitty guy and they, they use misdirection to get him open well, even which in, they absolutely should even in their base defense they still run that vice grip blitz where he kind of blitzes deep and then the other blitzer so I say vice grip because it kind of looks like a vice grip you know like you got the adjustable fulcrum mm-hmm. so the blitz pattern looks kind of like this podcast listeners at home I'm sure you can see exactly what I'm doing with my hands but so JJ or uh, TJ Watt is the index finger here he like loops around a little bit kind of like you do when you blitz with a defensive back in Madden mm-hmm. and then the other linebacker does like a straight inside pocket push knowing that he will not get the sack but that pushes the quarterback into TJ Watt's wider arc giving him an easier sack yeah, I mean, and there's, it's the reason guys like, I think Brandon Thorne is the one that does the, he grades every sack and basically has the, a, 
scoring set a scoring system where it's you know like high quality sack of he had to make nice moves or beat good offensive tackles all the way down to like it was a free rush mm-hmm. and tj watt always scores really low on that because they the steelers do a great job of getting him free rushes or setting him up against like a tight end or the shitty offensive lineman whereas the browns are like okay we'll put miles on the right end and occasionally we'll put him on the left end so i have a question for you because i promised this this questioning this was not all just to probe your anti-browns fandom right right do the colts have any weak spots on their offensive line yes how do the colts offensive tackles stack up particularly not good in my opinion agreed so you're telling me that not only will he have opportunities lining up at different places but the vice grip uh rush that I described earlier where both tackles need to fail in order for it to work 100% of the time will be very effective. Because if if Bernard Ryman on the left tackle gets walked back a little bit to collapse that pocket just a touch, TJ Watt's going to walk around the outside and get a sack every time. Yeah, but just like we had the issue last week, if you were going to bet on the Steelers, now you gotta have Kenny Pickett score some fucking points. And he sucks. He's very bad. He's like Taylor Heineke, but if Taylor Heineke didn't really get it. If Taylor Heineke's defining best attribute is that he gets it. You know what I mean? Yes, I do understand that. <sighs> yeah, I don't want this game. Me either. So that finishes up the week. We are at four picks right now with the bonus bet. We gotta make one more. Uh, currently, we have Minnesota minus two and a half. Wait, did we do the Carolina bet? Carolina and Denver? Bovada said, fuck you. We don't want to talk about that. It's literally not on. Okay. Well, the reason it's not on there is because the Panthers are apparently starting Sam Darnold. So we don't have a number here. I can see what ESPN has. It'll be Panthers plus three. I, I don't think it really matters. Are we betting on that game? Uh, you're a damn good good guess. Uh, Broncos at Panthers. Denver is minus two and a half on ESPN site. That's what it was before Baker got benched. I don't know if it'll move. Uh, I'm assuming it'll move a half point. It could not. I, I don't think you can bet on a game of fucking Sam Darnold playing the Broncos. Cause... You, well, so we've got opposing forces that are both unstoppable and unimaginable. On one hand, Sam Darnold is terrible, and the Panthers handicapped even Baker Mayfield, so Sam Darnold will also be handicapped, but far more pathetically. Turns out, when the Panthers aren't playing against fourth and fifth string cornerbacks, like those of the Falcons and Buccaneers, they can't move the ball. Their offense is terrible, and their receivers love to drop. Yes, but they're playing the Denver Broncos. But they're playing the Denver And what is the motto with the Broncos? When you think Russ has hit rock bottom, go. wait for it, he's going to keep going. He just will not stop. This game is going to suck. I guess we can't bet on it. I, if Baker was playing, I was going to take Panthers plus three. Yeah. Or plus two and a half. I was going to love it. You just can't do that with Darnold. But uh, we talked about this from a selfish perspective. I'm happy that Baker doesn't have to play this defense. Yeah. Broncos pass defense is really good because, largely because they've mastered sim pressures. Sim pressures are basically where you, if if you guys play Madden, you know how you can shift your coverage to show blitz? Well, they show blitz, right? They crowd the line with linebackers and safeties, etc. And then four of them will rush and the rest of them will drop. So it's not a blitz. You still have, you know, seven people in coverage. But it works like a blitz because inevitably you will confuse one offensive lineman into not blocking anybody and then have a free rusher. So it works just like a blitz. It's pretty genius shit. And it's why the Broncos are the number one pass defense in the NFL, despite really just okay personnel. (sighs) 
I'm tempted to take the Broncos, but I can't because Russ. Yeah, I think this is one you just have to stay away from because the quarterback prohibit any accurate prediction. So what the fuck is our maybe pile? Because we need one more. We do. I was just trying to look that up. Um, I believe we have Baltimore minus four. Fuck. And then I mean, we hemmed and hawed on that Jets-Bears game for a year and a half. Yeah, but we can't bet. We got no fucking idea who's playing. We have our gentleman's bet on Raiders-Seahawks. So that's not going to be on. Saints plus Packers plus seven. Because I don't hate Packers plus seven. I just, I would, like, I wouldn't bet on the Eagles. Game. Well, the, the, I would just stay away. The thing is, the Eagles have every reason to come out screaming mad and try to put something big. Man, are there any other actionable games? Any games under three that we haven't bet? Uh, Colts Steelers, two and a half. No. Uh, Bengals Titans, we bet on. Vikings Patriots, we bet on. I mean, three and a half. Tampa Bay, we bet on. Three and a half in Raiders Seahawks, we have a different opinion. And then you're in 10 point spread, nine point spread. It, it really looks like it's Baltimore. That's our only one that we've talked about as potentially liking. Mm, fuck my whole ass. Are we really going to bet Baltimore minus four? Unless we want to try and play this game of which quarterback is playing and Jets Bears. Because Dolphins, Texans, no. Chargers, Cardinals at four and a half. That might no. be it. You, you want to bet four and a half on the charge? How many games have we watched from them where they have the path to victory just so clearly laid What's out? What's the Cardinals record? Three win? I'm going to say four. Correct. Four and seven. And the Chargers? Five and five. Chargers are in it. They're going to fight. It's four and a half though. Like, yeah, they, they're going to fight, but... They're going to win and they're going to win by a minute. Okay. So you would rather do Chargers minus four and a half than Ravens minus four? Five. <sighs> The Jaguars are a good team that has doy-doy problem. Yeah, I just think the matchup's bad for them there. Because I think it's a... Where is it? Jacksonville. See, probably going to be like 80 degrees there. I don't I don't think that really plays in that much, though. No, but it's a neutralizing effect. If it was in Baltimore, oh my god, I'd take the Ravens. Because it'd be cold. Trevor Lawrence is not good in the elements. Will it rain? Ooh, please God make this bet for us by using the weather. Looks like it might rain on Saturday, but Sunday it's supposed to be sunny and a high of 70. So literally perfect. Okay, dude, if Kyler Murray played, well, what if Kyler Murray doesn't play? Then we hate this. Yep. So let's take the Raven because we get the best defense with a decent offense against a team that loves to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you just because I think it's a good setup. But we're 100% falling into the trap of betting on teams that we don't necessarily like, but we feel like we should. Like. See, I think the Ravens are a good team. I don't think the Jags are bad. However, and maybe things change because they're coming off a bye, but they just reek of young team that fucks up in critical situations. And we've seen it a lot this year already and more recent than at the beginning of the year. Like at the beginning of the year, they were actually playing pretty well. And then it's like they've gotten, they've fallen off as the year has gone on. Playing the Ravens who do every mind game and know every rule and every way to screw with you and get you off your game. So that's where I think it's a matchup. I wish we fucking knew what the Jets were going to do at quarterback because I think they might be the bet. I mean, we can, it's not like we're foreign to saying, here's this bet and if this doesn't happen. All right, okay, straight up bet five is if Joe Flacco starts for the Jets, the Jets are the bet, regardless of Bears quarterback. I'm okay with that. I think that's a solid bet because I don't think the Bears are going to be able to score at all. And I think the Jets will be able to score one twice. If Joe Flacco is not playing, then who do we bet? I mean, I think Ravens. 
Rams. It, Fine. The other ones you could do if you want to go back to Packers or you want to go back to uh, Chargers. I don't want to do Packers because I think they've given up completely. And I don't really want to do Chargers because I hate Brandon Staley. To- yeah. And so that's where I feel like it's, you know, this is the negative of doing five and a half pick is we got to we gotta pick some that have some negatives we don't like. And yeah, it's fuck between it. go, you go Baltimore. Go Baltimore. Baltimore. They're they're solid. They're a sturdy team. Yeah. I mean, I I know I've just said all this about why I think Baltimore will win. I think Baltimore wins. And the Jags are not a bad team that the Ravens are primed to beat up on. But I think they're the type on. My worry is that maybe the bye week helped and we saw the Jag. Oh, fuck. I think the Jaguars have a really good shot at winning that game. Dude, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I think if the Jags play as well as they should, this is very possible uh, a close Jags win because Lamar has been struggling and Mark Andrews is hurt. Like, they have stuff that goes against them. It's just that the Ravens and the Jags both do this a lot where the Ravens look like they're going to lose a game and then they pull it out at the end because they're really well coached and they're disciplined and the Jags do the opposite of they look like they're going to win games and they fuck it up at the end because Trevor Lawrence loves fumbling or Travis Antienne loves fumbling or they like running the wrong route or busting coverages at key points man fuck this do we do we just take Detroit plus 10 (laughs) (laughs) I mean last week we had five bets we didn't like and then you said fuck it we're betting Thursday anyway and the Titans were our clearest win of the week so maybe a game that we've we wrote off at the beginning I don't know I could do Cowboys but that's it that's such a square bet it's like the squarest bet of all time I know because division game the Giants are well coached enough that they're scrappy and they keep game close I mean, honestly, if we get a Joe Flacco, Trevor Simeon, that Jets bet looked crap. That's fucked. For a week where we found four games really easily <laughs> and then came to game five and can't pick any. I kind of like New Orleans. I don't hate it. I I like the Saints in terms of I think they're kind of underrated, but I, th- I think this game's a little similar in my worries for Ravens-Jags in that the 49ers blow out bad teams a lot and yeah. the Saints are really good at getting blown the fuck out. Like, if they're going to lose, they're going to they're fuck. And so then the nine doesn't really even help them. All the Sharps are taking the Jaguars, plus four. God. Yeah, I mean, I think talent-wise, it's the right pick because you're getting over the three and you get and the bu- And you get the buy. But I just think the matchup, I don't know, I, mean, I don't wrong, feel strongly about any of this game. Book pick. I'm, I'm nearing the flip a coin stage. Let's, uh... Let's humor you and go with the Seahawks. Oh man, come no, fuck no, no, no. Our Lucy bet stands, but we do the Seahawks. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get hurt in two ways. You're gonna hang it over me. No, I don't want to hang it over you. They, you're right. They just have a much better roster. We'll do the Lucy bet. Seahawks make it. I've forced bets on you on this pod many times. You could do it this one. We have nothing else, and you like the Seahawks. Let's do the Seahawks. All right, let's do the Seahawks minus three and a half. I know I don't love three and a half either, but. Who, who's going to cover anybody? Yeah. I can I can legitimately see the Seahawks walking through this game. I get it. Yeah, I could too, because that Raiders defense is atrocious. Yeah, dude, let's do the Seahawks. I like that bet. Okay, so after hemming, hawing, and otherwise, our five bets are... Minnesota, minus two and a half. Atlanta, plus four. Tampa Bay, minus three and a half, hopefully minus three. Tennessee, best bet, money line. Seattle minus three and a half. And Atlanta bonus bet money line. There you go. We fucking did it. And and if it ever becomes available again, 
take the Bills and the Cowboys in a teaser to minus three. If you can't get to minus three, don't do it. Just, you know, might be a smart idea to parlay them minus two each with something else that you feel is very strong. Yeah, big time bet right there. It'll be a nice one to uh, be thankful for on Thursday. That that did not hit the way that you thought it was going to hit. I don't think any of mine are going to hit. I'm just trying to fill time. <laughs> well, we've filled plenty of time. With that, uh, happy Thanksgiving and uh, hasta.